The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's senior news editor for job searches and careers. Each week on Get Hired, we'll talk about leveling up. Sometimes we'll talk about finding work. Other times, we'll talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we'll focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. Part of what's driving the great reshuffle is that job seekers, particularly young job seekers, have been increasingly pursuing work that's aligned with their own values and quitting jobs that just don't measure up. A big part of that is that employees want to feel like they can show up authentically at work and like their job values them as individuals. Which is why I'm so glad to be able to share this conversation with Shannon Sizzler, who's the chief people officer at Crocs. Yes, the comfy and ultra-fashionable shoe company. I love Crocs. In fact, I saw a pair on my dental hygienist yesterday that was leopard and had a Coco Chanel logo on it. It was marvelous. Anyway, Shannon's whole job is to help make sure Crocs employees feel heard and like they can meet their professional and personal goals while showing up as their authentic selves. And this all starts with the Crocs motto, Come as you are. So I wanted to start there. How does the company interpret that motto internally? Here's Shannon. It's all about self-expression, being your own unique self. And I think, you know, this is probably the first time in my career that I really can say I genuinely can be who I feel comfortable being on a day-to-day basis. And that word comfort, I think, is really important to us. We've got associates in, in 20 different countries around the globe. And, you know, I think they bring a lot of unique qualities to the workplace. And we want to find a place that they can do that. So it's really important. And the more you spend time in this type of a culture, the more you really get excited about it. How do you encourage that sort of culture among your employees? Because it's one thing to sort of say, okay, our motto's come as you are, we want to live that. But a lot of times people are resistant to that and they sometimes think, hey, you know, it's still a place of business. I, I worry about being myself. How do you encourage them to come as they are? I think it starts with the very first interaction we have with our workforce, right? I think, you know, we're fortunate that we have a product that really allows you to personalize it. But I think we also, in the interview process, really ask people, you know, tell us about your unique self and what does that look like for you and what's important to you? And it's a very casual environment, which I think that just promotes people feeling comfortable in the workplace. And that's something that we really strive to to keep because we think when you can be your own unique self, we think you can really thrive and do your best work. Yeah, it's always one of those things where I think people need permission to sort of feel and engage with that idea of saying, okay, I could be a little bit more relaxed in the space. And speaking of that, a lot of job seekers, they go into, you know, their job search thinking they need to play a role. There's always that sort of thing where you walk in and you don't feel like yourself because you're trying to impress everyone. 
And what really is, you know, the best way for job seekers to embrace themselves? Yeah, I think we've we've all faced that as you walk into that interview, right? Do I play the buttoned up role? I'm perfect. I got it all together. Or do you show up and say, look, you know, this is what I'm great at. These are some of the opportunities that I'm learning and growing in. This is what I'm interested in. And what I can say is that when you show up your authentic self, I think you end up finding the right role. And, you know, it's easy to find yourself by playing the other role that you think is really important. Sometimes you end up in a job that might not be the best fit for you. And ultimately that has consequences six months, a year, two years down the road. And so I think it's really important that you show up, you know, you're you're a good professional self version. um, But I think you really just need to say, hey, this is what I'm about and, and be introspective and share that. And that might be a little bit more vulnerable than than other people might imagine in an interview process. But I think that's important. One thing that I I wonder is, obviously, not all employers are probably as welcoming or open as Crocs. So if you're saying to yourself, listen, I really want an employer who can let me be me. How do you find those companies? How do you find that culture fit for yourself? Yeah, I think it's tough. It it does take some work on the job seeker side, right? And I think you have to do your homework. And that homework can take a lot of different forms. It can be everything from looking at the employment branding that they're putting in the marketplace. Look at what consumers are saying about that brand. Read some of the social feeds and what they say about their organization. And then if you can, connect with people in places like LinkedIn to, to ask them, hey, what is it really like to work at this organization? I think the more input you can get from lots of different sources, and you can't believe everything you read on the internet, right? But get that input and and see what it really feels like to work there. And then in your interview process, I think it's important, not only are they interviewing you to see if you're a fit for a job, but as a job seeker, you're interviewing them to see if it's a good fit for you. And it's when you have that win-win situation that it's going to be a really good fit. Can you give us some examples of how you and the employees at Croc Um, actually bring their authentic selves to work and show up like that? Yeah, I think, you know, we see that in a lot of different areas in our organization. If I look at our workforce, we have people in retail stores, distribution centers, and corporate office jobs. And so I think how they show up their own unique self really changes by the work environment. Um, Like I said, it always starts with the shoes. That seems to be a common equation at Crocs and what story you're telling on your feet. Um, But I also think it's, you know, We are a company that's empowered by our employees. We have what we call a Kaya Council, which is our come-as-you-are councils. Those are groups of people around the globe that are really about making this an inclusive environment. They take on lots of different tough topics and and really help people kind of expand their perspectives on inclusivity and self-expression. I think that's been really successful with our workforce and just trying to give people a way to to engage in different ways. And and we also, speaking of engagement, do a lot of listening with our employees to see what's important to them and then try to cater our communications and our offerings and the way we, you know, work with our associates to, to meet those needs. I think one of the things that we're seeing right now in the workforce is that companies are really big on making sure that their employees are happy, they don't want to lose them, and they also want to make sure that their employees stay productive in this really, you know, time of flux where some people might be in the office, sometimes they're out of the office, sometimes they're um, only in the office or at home. How does Crocs keep their um, finger on the pulse of employee satisfaction? How do you stay in tune with your employees? Yeah, so we do regular listening surveys and we typically have, you know, 
80, 90% of our workforce participate in those type of surveys. And boy, they like to tell us what's going on, which is awesome because we can do something about it. And we had to do a lot of work and listening to evolve our practices to meet the needs of those folks. And then what we really think is that engagement happens at the micro level, right? It is one associate working with another one. It might be at a retail store on the warehouse floor. And those people are coming together saying, hey, if we did X, Y, and Z, we think this could be a better workplace experience. We want to encourage those type of conversations because it's when we can change your day-to-day experience that we think ultimately you'll be more engaged. That's really good. And I'm sure that also helps connect with customers too, because obviously they're the ones who keep everything going and you want to make sure you're serving them. Absolutely. And we see a lot of tenure in our retail workforce because I think they really like working there. They come together as a team. I think our store managers in the U.S., their tenure is almost five years that they've been running those stores is the average. And so that's just that's a testament to who we are as a culture and that it's a good experience and people can grow with us. So those are the type of things that we measure to make sure it's a good place to work. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Shannon takes us into the job hunt and sheds some light on how job seekers can look for a company that will support them as individuals. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast, Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. We're back with Shannon Sizzler, who's the Chief People Officer at Crocs. In the last two years, the conversation around mental health and work has taken off. Still, many job seekers are understandably nervous about bringing up the topic during an interview. Is asking about work-life balance an appropriate question? Here's Shannon. I do actually think that's an appropriate question, especially in today's world. I think that the world has evolved a lot in the last couple of years with the pandemic, and you're starting to see personal and professional really blend together more. So I do think it's, it's appropriate to say, you know, I'm a really hard worker. I also am committed to my family and friends and, and myself, right? So tell me what that looks like at this organization and, and how you keep people well. And, and I think that when people are well, the, the company performs better. I've talked to a bunch of job seekers who are a little older and some who are re-entering the workforce. They sometimes feel like their interviewers make assumptions about how they'll fit into the company culture. How can people in this position navigate these biases and come out on top? That's something that I I think is okay to address with people and say, look, you know, I'm coming to this role because I'm interested in contributing this way. We find that some of our older workers are actually some of the most loyal, productive workers we have. They're also some of the most highly engaged in our workforce. So I think really talking to people about the wisdom you bring, the experiences you have, the fact that, you know, you're going to be loyal to that job, you're excited to be there. 
I think, you know, showing up as your authentic self, you know, if you've got that stamp of age, you've got a great experience probably behind you that, that some of the newer folks just coming up don't have yet. So I think that can be an advantage. You just have to think of it that way. I think one of my favorite employee profiles is that, you know, parent that maybe has a gap on their resume, but they've been running a busy household. Maybe they've been running the PTA at their school or doing, you know, community service. And when you really ask those people about the experiences they've had in the last few years, they're amazing what they've coordinated and gotten done and led in the community. And so thinking about how you can take those experiences and transition them to the workplace, I think is a great opportunity and and something to be highlighting, not necessarily hiding. You've got to say, look, I've seen different work environments. I'm flexible. I can learn things fast. Like find what your two or three things are that those type of experiences have given you and be able to quickly articulate them for that interview to say, hey, it might look like I've had lots of different opportunities that I've participated in, but guess what I have to give you as a result of that. Another struggle? That little line on the job description that says requires X years of experience. It can sometimes feel hard to break in, especially in a job market where entry-level positions can require multiple years of experience to even get in the door. What's the right way to approach the balance of how much experience you have and how much the job says you need? Here's Shannon. Well, first of all, I think you have to remember everybody has to start somewhere, right? And quite frankly, you have to earn your stripes, right? You got to go to an organization and maybe it's not the dream job with, as your first job, but you know, get in there and whatever job it is, I can tell you, I, I made a lot of copies when I started out in my career in consulting, but guess what? I read them and I read those presentations and then I started to make them. And next thing you know, I was presenting them. So I think you've got to start somewhere. And you can also put your resume in for jobs that maybe on paper, it says three years and you only have two. That's okay. Put your resume in anyway. The worst thing that can happen is they say, no, you're not going to have a hundred percent hit rate, nor do you need a hundred percent hit rate. You need to be in meaningful job experience. That's That really just takes one for the current time, and then you'll go on to the next one. How does one know the reputation and authenticity of an organization? And I think a lot of people, they'll look at the website and they'll say, wow, this looks really great. But it's not necessarily a window inside what they do, because a lot of that tends to be PR dressing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you have to get in there and see for your own eyes if you can get into the physical workspace, right? I think... You can often tell a lot just by, you know, where people go get coffee, where they sit and have lunch together, you know, what it feels like to be in that work environment. I think if it's a virtual work environment, it's a little harder to do that. But what I would say is, can you be exposed to various types of people in the organization throughout your interviewing process? You know, maybe not as they are interviewing you, but could you have a a quick virtual cup of coffee with someone on the team just to get their experiences of what it's like working there? I think sometimes those can be some of the most insightful things you can do in the interview process. The world of work is different now than it was 50 years ago, or even 20 years ago. Heck, it's even different than it was just last year. These days, it's rare that people stay in the same company or even the same industry for their whole career. But Does it look bad to prospective employers to hop from job to job every few years? I think it's tough, right? Because on one hand, I think as employers, we know that the the time that you're going to spend with an organization is coming down. And so we want to provide meaningful experiences. And we know that those experiences might be shorter in nature. But with that said, I think it's really important as an individual to step back and say, 
you know, why do I keep changing jobs? Am I running away from something? Am I running to something? And that's a really important question to ask yourself. But then the other piece I would encourage you to think about if you're someone that keeps, you know, going job to job is really sit down and get familiar with what are your personal strengths. And I find that when you really get clear on these are the type of things I enjoy, that I'm good at, and then you think about crafting a job search strategy around those strengths, all of a sudden you start looking at different types of jobs. And often when it's aligned with who you are and what you like doing, if you like doing something, most likely you're going to be a lot better at it. So really take time to be introspective and think about what are my strengths and how could those be leveraged in the workplace. And that brings us back to company culture. One of the things you'll often hear from career coaches is that the best way to figure out if a company's culture is right for you is to chat with people on the team. But if you don't know anybody yet, how do you begin that process? Here's Shannon. Yeah, that, I think that's super important to get to know people outside of your function or geography or things like that. Going to your leaders and saying, hey, I want to do some networking within the organization. Are there one or two people you can connect me with to do things? I think the other great advice I would give you is, you know, I watch people that do a good job of asking for special projects. And those special projects can be an opportunity to work with different people. Maybe they're a little bit outside of your typical responsibilities. I think that's also a great way to get to know new people. Even though it's, it's a good job market, people do get rejection letters, and it doesn't mean that everyone is just finding a job the next day that they start looking. How do you overcome so many rejection letters? What is your suggestion for job seekers to keep going? You just need that one letter that says you got the job. You can get 100 no's, but if you get the right yes, then it will be worth it. And so you can't give up. I think it's really important to have a support network around you, have other people that are going through job search processes so that you know you're not alone. You're not the only person getting the no answers or have you know people that have successfully just been through the process and can give you some tips and tricks. But surround yourself with people that are gonna support you. They want you to win. And when you're having a hard day, be vulnerable enough to say, wow, this is really starting to wear me down. It's tough. I need some support to keep going. I think that's how we all stay well and healthy. And you just got to hang in there and, and look for that one right job. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me today. Shannon is right. That one right job where the culture aligns with your values and you feel like you can show up authentically is out there. And when you get it, we hope you'll share the win with us. That's right, it's time for my favorite segment, our job search win of the week. This one is from listener Mitchell, who tuned in to Get Hired Live a few weeks back. He says that he retired three times, but he got bored and re-entered the workforce. And he landed his role within three months, even now at 70 years old. That's fantastic, Mitchell. You give us all hope. If you want to share your job search win, send us a message or a voice memo to hired at linkedin.com. We just might share it on the show. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday at noon Eastern time on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Gianna Prudenti, Taisha Henry, and Derek Carl. 
Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck. <laughs>